Welcome to Expounded Universe, Season 6, Episode 9. That's Amore. The book, Vector Prime by R.A. Salvatore. The year, 2000. Chapter 17 and 18, with your hosts, Jeff and John. Oh, let's go. So you're saying that Luke Skywalker is extorting the New Republic. Also, the fact that they named it with her last name in the name, that's tacky. Oh. I shitted and farted and came. Welcome back to Expounded Universe, the Star Wars novel discussion podcast. Expanded Universe only. Expanded. Expanded Universe only. I, I'm sounding very good right now, but believe me, I'm dying inside. <laughs> anyway, I'm Jeff. That's John. John, how you doing? Uh, also dying, as are we all. Oh, come on. Don't make it about that. I'm dying differently. Better than you. In a <laughs> I'm way dying in a to, better way. It's in a way that's hard to describe, but you can tell it's cool. Oh, yeah. Well, look. My dying? It's ineffable. I have one of them sex disease, death diseases, like you see in the... What do they call so it? just consumption then? No, yeah, like <laughs> exactly. There's a whole what do they call it? Cichlid, I think, is what they're calling it nowadays. Like uh, a, a genre of no, of yeah. When the kids find a, a great party and they're like, "This party is cichlid." <laughs> no, it's a real thing. It's like uh, this party's a big mood. I think it's what's his face, the Sparks guy, the guy that the, oh, the, Hal Sparks. No, the other one, the one who's their author, who's a real piece of shit. Oh, Sparks McKenzie. Sparks McAllister. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he fixes cars and he's a piece of shit author. Yeah, it's Spuds McKenzie's Nicholas Sparks. Nicholas yeah. Sparks always is like. Two crazy white people definitely fall in love with each other. Plus, one of them's got cancer or something. Yeah. Can they find love on a dock in the rain? Yes. Yes. In an hour and 40 minutes, they definitely will. That's cichlid. Cichlid is, is you fall in love with them, but also you have they, they or you have a horrible disease. Mm. Yeah. It's, mm. a, it's a new thing in young adult fiction oh, and yeah. in old adult fiction. Good. Mm-hmm. Uh, with authors like Nicholas Sparks and his protege, young Nicky Spox's t- juniors. <laughs> Too many is No, the right, correct, the correct number. And, uh, uh, if anything, I'm disp- disappointed that I forgot to say littles. <laughs> littles. <laughs> littles Nicky Spox's juniors. <laughs> Great. That's the. He's also a horrible person who donates money to his horrible local schools. That's a... Uh... Hi, John. That's a great bit you have there. I'm and doing I'm, bits. I, I'm glad we spent time on it. <laughs> Me too. So uh, we have reread chapter 17 and 18 of Vector Prime by our Salvatore this week, uh, in which a lot of things happen. So maybe I shouldn't be spending all my time on useless bits. I mean, the thing is, it's very good and like there's a lot of action, but that's bad for us, so it's fine if you want to do bits. Hey, John, did you see that I got a Coke ball from Disneyland? I did see your big old Coke ball. I have not changed my policy on ever going to Disneyland. I haven't been there since 1996, uh-huh. and I'm still not planning on going again for quite some time. But my parents go, like, weekly, Yeah. so I requested a Coke ball, and they brought one back for me. And sure enough, now I have, like, a big 13.5-ounce thermal detonator of flavor. So let me ask you, you planning on opening that bad boy up, or no, are you no, going to no. leave it Coke intact? That's a, that's a, that's a collector's item for me. Sure, why not? I, I want to, I don't want to, maybe if I get super desperate for like some caffeine, I might pop that thing at some point. Ooh, I'm, I'm going to go out on a limb here and say it's probably now or never. <laughs> what, do you think it's going to go bad? It's just a, Yes, I do. It's just a regular plastic bottle of Diet Coke that happens to be a ball shape. Yeah. I mean, like, 
Don't wait a year and oh, then be like, no, let's no. pop this bitch. Well, no, Coke gets better with it. I don't know if you, I don't know if you knew that or not. Most people like to drink Coke in what they call the Beaujolais stages. When the Baudelaire stages? Yeah, exactly. When it's new and fresh. And you can still taste the vineyard in it. But if you give it time to mature, if you if you really settle down, <laughs> put it in a, a, a temperature-controlled humidor or, or a, a humectant-rich environment, and let that sit stable for years and years, oh my gosh, are you ever going to be rewarded with just explosions of must and lust and heat? Musty, lusty heat. Musty, lusty heat. Which, by the way, is also my porn name. Good. Mm-hmm. I'm glad. Yeah. Mine is just Coke balls. <laughs> Coke is stored in the balls. <laughs> there you have it, folks. We're done here. <laughs> but anyway, I have one of those now. It's on my little uh, shelf of tr- uh, star-, uh, star Wars Wonders yeah. with, my, with my Shizor statue. Uh... So uh, anyway, the chapters open up with uh, more Cern Pot, Cern Padal action. Oh, yeah. It is crumbling all around them. When last we left our heroes... Uh, Anakin was going to go take a speeder to check out what the source of the, uh, moon getting dragged to the planet is. Yeah. And just for, uh, shits and giggles, he brought along a weird old man. Yeah. He was like, the mayor was just kind of like, I'll go along for the ride. And he's like, what? Sure. I don't, whatever. I don't care if I die or not. I don't give a fuck about anything. Have I mentioned that? I'm a nihilist. Ah, we believe in nothing, Lebowski. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's uh, everyone else on the planet is just a cloned albino named Lebowski. <laughs> We're going to cut off your Johnson. <laughs> None of them are fans of his cut off your Johnson Lebowski policy, but who else are they going to vote for? Another clone of Lebowski? I mean, come on. He's got a nice marmot. <laughs> so, uh, plus that rug really ties the room together. So, Anakin is speeding off through a planet that is crumbling and tumbling all around him. Mm -hmm. There's explosions going as tectonic plates are being ripped apart. Anakin is pretty sure that he can kind of tell what's, like, he can pinpoint where the tractor beam would be if there was one, but he's like, there's, I can't see anything over there. (laughs) There's no equipment, there's no whatever uh inter there's no interdictor cruisers that's it there's no interdictor i was like it's not interceptor it's something else and even if there was an interdictor cruiser around it would have to be like the biggest one ever built to tow a moon into a planet i know normally they can just haul ships out of hyperspace that's the whole thing with them interdictor yeah i barely inter know her (laughs) ah hey uh so yeah he's scooping around going through canyons as rocks fall Mm. and the elderly mayor is just fine he's fine with this he don't care he's (laughs) just sitting in the back going yeah at one point anakin's like all right i'm gonna try and reach out with the force and be like what's going on and he senses that the old man is just full-on calm and does not care yeah no that dude's ready for death uh, but they, they drive and drive, and then finally Anakin notices by sensing with the Force uh, a ripple in gravity out in front of him that is definitely some kind of tractor beam that's pointed at the moon. Yeah, he's like, all right, I may not be able to see the thing doing it, but I can basically use the Force to see the line of gravity. Yeah, he can use the Force to see a line of gravity, but John, let me ask you, can he use the Force to see why kids love the great taste of Cinnamon Toast Crunch? <laughs> Is it because it's full of midi-chlorians? <laughs> no! 
It's no! It's because there's no. No, it's because there's no! so many swirls. <laughs> uh, I'm very tired. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, he see he sees it, so they drive out to it, and when they get there, lo and behold, there's a big crater, and not even a big one. It's like you know, it's a few meters across and a like 10 meters deep maybe all right there's a regular crater i apologize i want to apologize for for the uh, book goes out of its way to be like oh this isn't the kind of crater you would expect for something that's able to pull a moon down this ain't your daddy's crater (laughs) also daddy's crater (laughs) the porn i am starring in is coke balls (laughs) Ah. inside the crater at the very bottom is what looks like a a big red heart uh, that is pulsing, and also there's a bunch of blue spikes around. So that's what one of those things looks like, A huh? Dovin basil. It's have, a, they don't mention the name of it in this chapter, so... It's a big red heart with blue spikes. Yes, and they don't specifically say the spikes come out of it. They're like, yeah, the spikes are also down there in the crater, so I'm not sure if it like flew in in something and crashed out of a, a big blue, like... I, f- I think the spikes papaya. are part of it. I think yeah. it's got little wiggly spikes. Yeah, and the spikes? Little wiggly digglers. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's it's a big ball. And the spikes? You're not doing a David S. Pumpkins reference for me, are you? I'm not going to get one. Part of it. Thank you. Okay, I feel better now. <laughs> uh, Anakin tries. He's like, oh, geez, look, it's some kind of a live thing that I can't sense with the force. This sucks. Uh, okay, hey, you, old man, drive back to my dad and, like, let him know what's going on. And uh, this is one of my favorite lines in the book that uh, the old mayor guy is just like, oh, yeah, which one's your dad? The ugly one or the hairy one? <laughs> or wait, are they both your dad? I'm cool with that. I mean, whatever. Yeah. It's a big galaxy. There's room for all types. We just legalized that here on CERN Pedal two years ago. I legalized it. I'm all about legalizing it. It used to be that there were nothing but 5,000 clones of Lebowski here, and they weren't allowed to marry each other. But now... They can marry Wookiees. <laughs> Not well, each other, though. Just Wookiees. That's an abomination. They've brought in so many Wookiees in the past year. The more I do that voice, the more it's slipping towards, like, being a main person. <laughs> <It's> just, yep. <laughs> abomination against the Lord. I mean, if you think about it, Cern Padal is pretty much the main of the galaxy, right? <laughs> main is populated by 5,000 Big Lebowskis. Yeah, sure. Why not? That's, that's a well-documented thing. That sounds... Like a thing that I'm sure I don't want to argue with. Oh, think about it this way, John. Maine is the farthest place you can live in the continental United States away from Malibu. <laughs> okay. So. So. Obviously, they're staying the fuck out of Malibu. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. I don't know what the Malibu of the galaxy is exactly. That's probably in there Malibu. Have we established that there's a fun, good time sex plan? I mean, there's Narshada. Is the, yeah, I guess that's kind of seedy for Malibu. But there's no, like, Riza. We need a Riza equivalent where people have, like, light 1989 style bathing suit and sarong sex. Oh, yeah. Just, just some real, like, giggle and run across the beach skimpy outfit times. God, yeah. I put on a random episode of TNG the other day and I got the Barclay one. And I, I, I had forgotten how much his, his, uh, his fantasies about uh, Troy are just kind of pathetic. Well, he's just like, oh, what if you were dressed as like a Regency era person and riding in a big elaborate swing? And I'm like, don't you just want to fuck? I mean, a little Barclay? No. Yeah, no, I want to spend three hours getting her out of crinolines and hoop skirts. Look, it is the future and the holodeck exists. Yeah. 
you've got to think that by now he's gone through standard sex. Yeah, that's got to so be so right. much yeah. that he's like, all right, now I got to I got to spice this shit up. I can't. The thing is, after having watched that episode for the first time in like you know since my childhood, the thing that that really stood out to me is that there's a point where Jordy's just like, hey, where's my man Barclay? He's in holodeck too, and Jordy just walks the fuck in there. No knocking, no turning off the hologram. He just not op- even like communicating in there yeah. and be like Barclay, this is. He's just like, forge. well, I better go find Barclay in that holodeck in, during his private time in the holodeck where I, uh, Fort LaForge, have already gotten in trouble for dating crew members before. Ugh. You'd think I would be the one person on the ship that has any kind of sense of don't do this. You'd think there'd be some level of boundary there. Yeah. And then he walks in and finds him like hanging out with Beverly Crusher or whatever in a big dress. And he's like, <laughs> uh, I'm definitely not the bad guy in this situation, even though I clearly just walked in on the Star Trek equivalent of masturbating. Yeah, it's I mean, that's real bad. If someone just like, hey, I'm going to go into this dude's uh, private room and just be like, hey, man, how dare you be jerking it? This is the jerkin' it room. It's it's jerkin' it room too. That's what they call them. That's what holodeck means in Ferengi. <laughs> I'm sorry, that's holo sweet. Oh right, yeah. I'm sorry, my bad. Uh, they they use much more formal language on the Enterprise. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I'm sorry for this long digression. Anyway, Anakin takes out his blaster and tries to shoot the big spiky heart. It does nothing, and I'm not sure why. Yeah, I'm not sure what happens here. Uh, but this is just more bullshit, Yuzhan Vong. All of our stuff does ten things. Because it's like, it's not even that it hits the thing and it doesn't care. It just, the laser blast disappears before yeah. it hits it. I was expecting it to repel the laser blast, to be like, oh yeah, well, light's got enough gravity in it for me to fuck with it, so pew, it just flies it off somewhere. Uh, I'll bend the light around me or something, but instead it's just like, oh no, lasers disappear one foot from a Dovan basil. Yeah, that's just what they do. So he tries firing a couple light beams at it, orders the old man to leave, and the old man's like, no! What a piece of shit you are! Up yours, buddy! Uh, And uh, Anakin gets out the lightsaber, but before he can actually do anything with it, the Dovan Basil's like, yeah, fuck it, I'm out, and uses another gravity thing to latch onto the core of the planet and just sucks itself down a hole. Yep, it just vanishes and falls into a giant pit that it creates for itself but also the shockwave of switching its gravity around is uh strong enough to kind of blow the two of them backwards so they both land on their asses and roll around luckily for them the falcon was going to come out here anyway because han's not about to just like let his kid drive around on a dying planet yeah and we find out that basically they've got almost enough ships to make this work Mm -hmm. uh the few stragglers are still getting put on board, but the actual, like, uh, landing pad is just fucked up. All the walls around it have crumbled, and uh, they're like, okay, we gotta get back and help with that. And the old man's just kind of like, nah, I'm good. Yeah, no, he's like, oh, no, watch this. And he pulls, like, a meter-long tube out of his wa- out of his uh, robes. Out of his pants, and he's <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, you get a load of this? <laughs> <laughs> not bad for an old man eh where does he get his wonderful toys he says long uh, unspooling a long gun out of his pants uh but that's what i always say when i unspool my long gun out of my pants <laughs> uh he's like it's a thermal detonator and then he jumps down the hole yeah because he's like i can't let whatever's down there escaped for doing this after doing this like it's gonna well i mean they don't know what it is and if they're like 
okay, maybe this is some evil monster, and as soon as it blows up this planet, it's going to, like, go to another one and do it again. Oh, yeah, maybe this is how it eats. It's just, like, real hungry for a moon. Well, they might be like, this is some new monster, and we've got to kill it before it, like, it's a, spawns yeah, or that, some shit. That could very well be. I mean, I it, mean, it was a good idea. I just love that in the book, they're like, oh, yeah, and the old man jumps down the hole, and he blows up, and there's a big old mushroom cloud as they fly away, and both Anakin and Han Solo know that this accomplished absolutely nothing. It didn't change the fact that the moon was going to crash into here. It didn't do anything useful, but it was heroic. Yes, I love that they, meant they make that point. It was a heroic thing that he did, jumping down there and trying to scratch the impenetrable hide of Lavos. Yeah, good job. You did it. You did it. You know, you have to beat up its weird face and then crawl in there and fight an alien-looking guy. Well, first you gotta fight the big one with the double arms. Yeah. Like, almost looks like an organ. Uh, yeah, yeah. Get it, it's you like get, a little pipe organ, and then you fight you, you first the actual Lavos. Yeah, you gotta beat up its face. Yeah, you punch its face until you crawl in, inside the shell. And then you meet a giant kind of robo-monster that's, he does that thing that you see three or four bosses of in Chrono Trigger where the hands are just isolated things that move around. Yeah. And then you beat him up, and then you have to fight like a crappy alien in a spacesuit and his two little flower pods. Yeah, that shit sucks. Yeah. That's, that's, uh, honestly, after all the time they sent, they spent building up what Lavos was and looked like, the fact that he's just like some sort of alien in there blowing bubbles in a space helmet was one of the very few mildly disappointing things about what would otherwise be the most perfect game ever made. True. Yeah. So, anyway, they get back to... Very heroic. They get back to the uh, landing pad after the incredibly heroic actions of Mayor Old Guy and uh, they have to continue getting people. They see Chewie's got a bunch of people that he's, like, leading over to ships, and mm-hmm. uh, Anakin jumps down to try and help out. I don't understand how these people... I mean, I guess it's because Han and Chewie are big damn space heroes that have been doing this for 40 years, but it really seems... that They really go out of their way to make it feel like they're the only two people on the planet that know anything about anything. Well, it's weird that... <sighs> You wouldn't have anyone being like, well, yeah, obviously, I'm going to try and get to the spaceport and get out of here. Yeah, you'd think there'd be some, like, emergency crew or like, oh, yeah, I'm, we're like the police and fire department of Cernpadal, Big Lebowski City, and it's our job to help people in emergency situations. But instead, we all went nuts and started yelling about a Toku Saru or whatever her name was. And- yeah, and then you still have some of those. Yeah. There are still several people that are just sort of, like, genuflecting towards the oncoming moon. Yeah. And they are not trying to help them. They're yeah. like, all right, whatever. You want to die, that's fine. Yeah, yeah. So at this point, we begin a string of constant heroics. They keep almost getting on the Falcon and then hearing people going, ah, but help us. Yeah, so, you know, Chewie gets the two people he was leading on board, and then they're about to get on, and they hear, like, a baby crying. Yeah, they feel, first they hear a lady trapped under some rubble, and she's like, there's a whole ship here. We can't take off because of these rocks. So Chewie starts just hauling the rocks away, I guess, because those people don't feel like getting out of their well, yeah, ship they, to they help. They do the baby first, yeah. and then the ship starts trying to take off, and the crumbling planet knocks it down. Yeah. So and, then they got to help the yeah. rubble-covered ship. And that's Anakin and Chewie, and Anakin's using the Force. And then they run back to the ship, and there's another kid, like a toddler or something, and they go to help that one. Uh, then as they're making their way back with the toddler, Anakin gets caught beneath a, crush, a, a falling rock wave. Uh... Chewie goes to rescue him. Chewie tries to make it to a shuttle instead of trying to get to the Falcon and fails. Well, Chewie 
takes Anakin back to the Falcon. Yeah, throws him on board, but the Falcon's already in the air, and he's like, eh. Yeah, he's like, I've got enough strength to throw a kid up to where the Falcon is, but I ain't got mad hops, so I'm not going to be able to make it up there personally. Yeah, Chewbacca famously does not have ups. So he tries to make it to some shuttle, and ooh, baby, he does not. He doesn't make it. Uh, so now Han is screaming, Anakin's the one flying the Falcon, and there is basically he's like, oh, the moon has hit at this point. Yes. Our options are stay here and die, or I punch it. And go straight up and away. And he decides, he's going to punch it. Yeah. And Chewbacca's standing there like fist waving at the moon. He's just like, Rawr! Yeah. He goes down just like an like old 80s style Warhammer figurine, just both arms out, <laughs> holding like a bow and a sword, just yelling. I am Slambo. <laughs> yeah, I know. He, yeah, he's just yelling at the moon as the moon flies down and smacks him. Han screaming, Anakin kind of doing a whole, I have to do what's right to save all these people on the Falcon, I'm real, I, but I don't want to leave Chewbacca, but I have to. Yeah. And this is what Chewbacca would want. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's good that Anakin was the one in charge, because Han would have killed Han everybody. Han would have killed everyone, yeah. including himself and Anakin. Yeah. Uh, man. Honestly, I, this is the, the first time I've come across and actually read the passage in which Chewbacca is obliterated by a moon. Yeah. And I remember when I was a kid reading it and being like, oh, that's bullshit. Chewbacca's the main character. John, let's let's pause the show for a moment and, and talk about Chewbacca and what he's meant in the past several ep- seasons of the show. Nothing. He's meant nothing. He's been completely dialed out for the past three books in a row. He, he, he's, this is the best way out for Chewbacca. He's been looking for one. Yeah. Chewie's, at best, been, like, a good dog. <laughs> Like much. The no most, one likes riding Chewbacca. Yeah, the most we've gotten out of him is, oh, what a barely intelligent but loyal hound. And that's the best we've gotten. Otherwise, he is either completely dialed out and just kind of like, yeah, I'm, I'm fucking hanging out with my phone and just tell me when you need someone to harn. Or he's weirdly aggressive and they have to constantly be like, oh, don't pull people's arms out because of that one time in that one movie. Remember that line and now that's a thing all Wookiees are doing. Walking carpet. From the films? Might as well be walking on a carpet. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, he goes out heroically, swinging his arms at a moon and rescuing a bunch of people. Yeah, he rescued a a baby, Shuttle, a, a baby, yeah. and Anakin. And Anakin, a- and and Anakin is baby. Yeah. Anakin is baby. <laughs> and you gotta love him. Uh, but then he gets killed by Dobido. Yep. So, Dobido hits Cernpedal, and that's the end of Tubers. And indeed, that is the end of our good friend Chewbacca. We hardly knew ye because no one would write about ye. Oh, he's eating dangle hams in space now. Or wait, uh, in heaven. In heaven. No, just in space. In space. <laughs> that's, just that's where you go in stuff. space, eating dangle hams. He's that's the that's the Wookie after <laughs> Wookie heaven is. You float through the endless black void, and occasionally there's ham. 
<laughs> that's Wookie Heaven for you. Don't tell me that doesn't sound. I mean, Wookie pretty... Hell is the same thing. There's just no ham. <laughs> tell me that doesn't actually sound kind of good to you, though. Just eternal oblivion, <laughs> float through the endless black, and then occasionally <laughs> ham. Yeah, I'm not big on ham. I'll oh. go ahead and throw that out right now. What, what if you could choose the food that is occasionally? If it was like occasionally turkey i guess i would be more okay <laughs> be with more it. elaborate it's fine it could be like occasionally carl's jr <laughs> uh, it's oblivion and occasionally carl's jr <laughs> and occasionally a carl's jr <laughs> you get to go in there and you can order and then sit down and eat but once you're done you got to walk right back out into oblivion <laughs> Wait for another one. Oh, yeah. Uh, and woe betide you if you see a Hardee's. <laughs> oh, I've gone too far. Uh, no, 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 I got to turn around. Can't go in that one. That's that, got that, a red burrito. That, that way lies red burritos and darkness. <laughs> I'm only Carl's Jr.'s and green burritos. Thank you. <laughs> so uh, anyway, uh, we get a little denouement before the chapter runs out. Han is extremely mean to his kid. Ugh. No, I think... No, this one does end with Han dying. Han it dies at the end of the chapter? Yeah. He <laughs> dies inside. <laughs> it true. ends with Han seeing Chewie die and then just being like, oh, nothing has meaning anymore. Oh, I'm done. Crap. How am I going to go through life without my indentured servant of a Wookiee? <laughs> <laughs> I've done so much and relied on him so often in these books. Who's going to take care of my kids? Who's Lord knows I'm not. Who Who's going to be able to hold my child while I have fun adventures? <laughs> oh, man. Well, at least, at least Leia's going to be happy about all this. <laughs> Finally. Oh, oh, thank God. I thought we were going to have to put him down. I can leave, now I can set the Roomba to a lower setting. I had to have that thing go three times a day to get all that Wookiee fur. <laughs> Uh, we do sort of in the middle of this chapter have a, uh, check-in with Dagara. Oh, that's right. Prefect Dagara has a little moment where he's like, oh, everything's going so well. He, uh, syncs up with the Yamosk. He's basically down there in the deep dark, mm -hmm. and he touches the big veiny blue part of the Yamosk, and he's like, we're like one now. Oh, this is the extra sensitive part of the Yamosk. Ooh. He just pokes it right in the frenulum. <laughs> uh, and he's like, he's like, ooh, yeah. No, you're absolutely right. That is a good plan for the next plan. Oh, baby. I love your one giant tooth. <laughs> so after he communes with the giant tooth brain, he calls up Nominor, and he's like, yo, he thinks he might call up Yeoman Carr. He's like, I might call Yeoman Carr, but nah, fuck that guy. I don't want to talk to Yeoman Carr. That guy's then I'd realize that he's dead. And that's that's the whole point of this little uh, moment where he's like, I think I'll call Yeoman Carr. Actually, I won't right now. I'm going to call Nominor because Yeoman Carr is just hanging out somewhere. What the fuck do I care? Yeah, why would you call him anyway? He's about as important at this point as any random other, like, Yuzhan Vong dude in your retinue. You could be like, hey, man. This all was working real well. Uh, yeah, bro, I know. Yeah, yeah, I get it. Yeah. I'm going to go break my own nose. Is that okay? Oh, that's so good. Yeah. Man, <laughs> I wish I had enough time to do that. Uh, you kids going around breaking your own noses. But yeah, he calls up Nominor and is like, hey, we're." they have some back and forth of just like, uh, hey, I'm going to go forth. Well, that's great. Die a warrior. Oh, I won't disrespect the Yuzhan Vong. Yeah. I, indeed, you will not. Yeah, because uh, we're both definitely warriors. And then uh, the uh, Nominor says something like, 
Pratch Black Old Dukak Vong Macak. I've got it here. Ah. It is Doroic Vong Pratty. Doroic Vong Pratty. And then that practically oh, gives. Oh, Pratty. <laughs> Buckle your pants. Uh, <laughs> that practically gives uh, Dagara, like, just straight up an orgasm right oh, there. Oh, yeah. He's just like, oh, oh, you're right. We should go into battle and kill people. Yeah. It is essentially the thing that Yuzhan Vong says when he's like, no, it's go time. Yeah. It is fucking go o'clock. And you say Doric Vong Pratty when you're like, no mercy, all murder. It's it's death time. Yeah, you'd think it's not like he's about to go into battle or anything. It's weird that they're doing, they're having this conversation. Yeah, like, he's like, "Oh, I'm gonna go send some guys to like chase down any refugees that got managed to get off planet." And he's like, "Oh, fuck them up!" <laughs> it's like, "Yeah, we're just gonna go kill a bunch of like pathetic refugees and shuttles." Yeah, there's yeah, warrior war will be ours. Yeah, I don't, I don't understand why when they're like, "Oh yeah, some dudes and like." crap shuttles that are basically just like the accountants of CERN Padal. Yeah. 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 I got to use the most terrifying phrase that means we're going to battle now. Uh, okay. I thought you guys had a whole culture based on like war meritocracy or something. Was Am I wrong? A whole yeah. bunch of worthiness shit and stuff. And then you like cream your jeans over the thought of killing a bunch of confused albinos. Yeah. You're just like, oh, we're going to show up on this planet and kill all these white Russians. Yeah, it's not it's not a good look. Saying white Russian is what the dude drinks. Yeah, it's it a is, Lebowski it is, reference it's, again. It's a good Lebowski reference. And they're yeah. they're all pale because they're albino. Yeah, and then Nominor's like, hey man, by the way, before you kill all of them, could you get me a toe? <laughs> huh? Yeah? 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 All right. Sure. Well anyway, I gotta go. I gotta go find a stranger in the Alps. <laughs> this is what happens. <laughs> so uh so, yeah, and then they sign off, and no one calls Yeoman Carr, so we don't know if he's dead or not. Yeah. And then, chapter 18, Doth Begin. We've got Luke and Mara Jade coming up on getting near that fourth planet of the Helska system. Yeah, and they're taking some, like, role-playing game players' levels of precaution here. Oh, yeah. Like, they found uh, Belkadan all fucked up and one dude there, but they're like... Okay, here's what we're going to do. Yeah. <laughs> and it's, you know that they had like a two hour out of character discussion mm -hmm. where they're like, all right, hold on, hold on. Uh, GM, can I get a plus one to stealth if I make sure I'm coming in with the sun at my back? Sure, whatever. Okay. Just, just fucking go. Okay, okay but I'm going to have, <laughs> I'm going to have Mara Jade stay out of orbit, out in deep space communicating with me by radio all the time so i can see things as they happen is that okay <sighs> yes you can split the party how how close can i get to the sun without it having any effect on me I, you know it doesn't matter you have an r2d2 pretty close Ooh, i'm gonna get closer okay <sighs> Okay, why? Uh. Okay, so I'm going to do this sweet slingshot thing. You remember in Star Trek when you're like, <laughs> oh, God, just go to the planet. Yes, I, I have an encounter for you. Please stop wasting time. I do remember in Star Trek when Jordy LaForge walked in <laughs> on Barclay. I don't know why we keep talking about it. Uh, so Luke's plan is to slingshot around the sun, then go at the planet with the sun at his back. And with the lowest possible, like, space detector profile. 
and going fast because he's slingshotting. So he's like, I want to go so fast that they can't really intercept me. I want to be low profile enough that they won't be able to detect me and with the sun at the back so it'll scramble anyone trying to see me. One of the things I learned from this chapter that I did not know until now is that the uh, the Jade Saber is big enough to park the uh, the X-Wing in. Yeah, I had not thought that because, for example, the Millennium Falcon is not big enough to park the X-Wing in. No. She's got a big fucking ship yeah. that has a, crewing, uh, a crew requirement of one. Apparently, because she can just fly that along and no problem. But we find out that Luke's just in the X-Wing in the butt of this ship going like, all right, so let's go over the plan one more time. Uh-huh. Meanwhile, the the poor GM of this is like, guys, you're going to have the same encounter regardless of what you N- do. None of this matters because, I've, I, as I have previously established, the Yuzhan Vong are weird bullshit that doesn't play by your rules. Look, when you get there, there's going to be 2D12 coral skippers. Like, I don't care what you do. Yeah, and they're going <laughs> to get you with a dove and basil, and they're going to send the bug things at you. That's just how it's going to go. Come on, just, just let's let's move the plot along. Well, yeah. So eventually they do. Luke launches himself at the sun, slingshots around it to get some kind of boost or something. R2-D2 yells at him. While he's flying along, he's like, I'm really confused about those two leathery balls we brought with us from <laughs> I just can't get those leathery balls out of my mind. I want you to know that that's not us making a... That's what, he, that's what they're... That's verbatim. Oh, yeah. The book is like, ooh, he just couldn't stop thinking about those leathery balls. Yeah, it's the weirdest thing. Big leathery balls are on his mind as he makes this shot. And he's like, also, when that one of the two balls turned into a dude's face and spoke language, you'd understand it. That awakened something within me I did not realize I had. (laughs) I watched a ball turn into a dude's face. But he's like, well, just get C-3PO to translate it as soon as we can. But what if he can't? Because they're from outside the galaxy, which would be real obvious, given that I'm one of the two people in the galaxy right now that has evidence that there's extra galactic forces. But, uh, you know, whatever. Anyway, I'm sure C-3PO will be able to do it. Good old 3PO. Mm-hmm. So, it's a good old goldenrod. So, he flies towards the planet. Mara kicks up with a warning as he's just about to uh, enter low orbit and fly around. Where yeah. She- Tells him there's backside dots. Yeah, she says, there's backside dots on these leathery balls. <laughs> we should uh, probably talk to a doctor. Uh, we have no idea what she's talking about. Probably that she's picking things up on the radar. But uh, Luke just keeps flying along. Uh, and then all of a sudden, he loses control of everything. Yeah, just everything fucking shuts down and he starts plummeting towards the surface. Mm-hmm. Tries turning on his shields and those are just immediately stripped away. Because Dovin Basils are fucking crazy. Now, do we want to do what the book does and jump back and forth? Sure. Why not? Let's jump right. back and forth. In that case, we need to jump to... Uh, we who? jump to Han. Right, uh, right. Oh, God, this is the meanest shit. Han just goes up to his son and he's like, you left Chewie to die. Yeah. And Anakin's like, well, I he was going to die. We were all going to die. Well, I didn't leave him. I saved up. He's like, you left Chewie. To die, and he's you like fuck. Yeah, and he's like, I don't. What did? What would? What would you have done? There was no way. We didn't have time. You left Chewie to die, and then Chewie, who had just done everything to save you, Chewie, the guy who was my best friend, our pal Chewie, and you left him to die like a dog. Yeah, no, it's ridiculous. Anakin runs off crying. Because he is 15. Yeah, because his dad is angrily yelling at him about 
killing his best friend who just saved his own life. And you're like, wow, good good job. You I, did it. I don't know, Han. Maybe you brought a 15-year-old along as your co-pilot, you big fucking idiot. And also, maybe don't have Chewbacca running around down there. Yeah, let the albinos figure their own shit out. I mean, obviously, they're a whole planet. They did that. They figured out colonizing and electing a weird old mayor. Ugh. But no, he's just like, he, he lit, lights into his, his son for this to the point where his son runs off. And then he's like, oh, what a coward running off. Ugh. Now, Ugh. I don't, now I don't have a co-pilot. Yeah, he Ugh. just goes back to the bridge and looks over at the empty co-pilot seat and is like, oh, Chewie. Yeah. Aww. I mean, I, I, I feel for the guy. His best friend for 50 years just died. Oh, yeah. I mean, I get it. But he's an asshole. But that's his son he's talking to. Oh, And yeah. his son isn't happy about this whole situation either. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, it's emotional. There's yeah. some there's emotions some, here. There's some strong emotions here. So we jump back to Luke. Mm -hmm. Luke is trying to figure out what is going on. He knows that there's some sort of tractor beam on him pulling him in. And at some point he's like, all right, hold on. Uh, I gotta try and get out of this. Let's put the shields up. And as soon as he puts the shields up, he actually gets thrust again, but immediately the shields are pulled away. Yes. So he's like, oh, it's like, instead of being locked on me, it was like they were momentarily locked onto the shields. Yeah. So he's like, okay, that must be a tight directional beam that's just pointed in my direction and not, like, actually anchored to the ship. So he comes up with a risky plan. And, of course, R2 beeps furiously at him yeah well that's just because that's like the salt and pepper to this storyline yeah well. r2 is just back there beeping constantly beeping yeah he's, always he's be beeping he's the abb <laughs> he gets he <laughs> puffs gets, up real big he gets real puffy and he's always beeping uh and he uh luke's plan is to shoot torpedoes at the planet yeah he turns back into the beam dives down through it Shoots torpedoes at where he assumes the beam is because he's like, I can tell because it's just one direction it is pulling me. Mm -hmm. Shoots torpedoes at that. And then immediately after they hit, he shields and dives to the right. Yes. And it does work in the sense that the shields get torn away immediately again. But he regains control long enough to get, get out of the uh, immediate line of fire of the basil. Yeah. He is no longer being pulled in. He does, however, have to deal with the fact that there are an ass load of these coral skippers yeah, coming. There's effectively an infinite number of coral skippers coming his way, and he no longer has shields because his ship's all busted yeah, up. Yeah, he's like, okay, in the horizon, I see an ass load of dudes. I have no shields, no torpedoes, and one of my ion drives just gave out. Yeah. Hit it. Time for yeah, and it's dark, and I'm wearing sunglasses. Uh, I'll, I'll, this is time for him to be like, well, I can fight these guys off for the entire chapter, but not forever. It's uh, it's <laughs> it's a return of Shadows of the Empire dialogue. Uh, we jump back again. Han is currently thinking to himself, "All right, okay, here's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna go back to the planet." Because Chewie's definitely still alive. <laughs> yeah, and we've gotten a description of what Serpentall looks right like right now. It's dead. Like it is currently cratered with a moon into it, and has an entirely different orbit now. It has no atmosphere. The atmosphere got blasted off of it by the moon. 
Yeah. So everything that was on the surface has been ripped off by the rotation of the planet and is just floating out into space. No one is alive. It's a dead planet. Yeah. And he's like, okay, fuck it. I don't care. I'm going to go back. But then he gets a distress call. Yeah. One of the uh, ships that is in this giant uh, convoy of refugees is like, oh, fuck, giant bugs. Mm -hmm. So it turns out that some of those hyperdrive capable, uh, I forget what, we, what there was a name for them, and, and I remember what it is now. Yeah, the, the Gr you know. Grunkle stands. Yeah, the, the, the Grumbuses. The Grumbuses. So the Grumbus bugs have been shot uh, here, and they have managed to land on and start taking over one of the ships. And, you know, Han gets close enough to get a look at them. Yeah, he even blows a couple up, but it doesn't matter because enough have bored into the ship. They chew their way to the engine and the ship explodes. Yeah. It's just that fast. The shuttle is like, bugs, giant bugs, boom. So at that point, Han's just like, okay, everybody, let's uh, actually form up. Mm -hmm. Let's keep an eye out for bugs. Yeah. Anybody sees anything, you know, see something, say something. And then he detects out at the field of the uh, the edge of the vision field of the Falcon a single ship that is moving as, as if unpowered. And there's some sort of automated distress call coming from it. Mhm. Mm and it's Kip damage aid. I like that he lists just his first name at the beginning there, like as if any people are not are, aren't going to be confused by that. It's me, you know, Kip. Well, the dot dot dots in this oh, okay. are broken up stuff. Yeah, it should be like eh, Kip Duran, you Jedi Knight, X Wing is damaged, requesting aid. But instead, all we get is Kip Damage Aid. Yeah, the worst concert, right? <laughs> And Han's like, oh, it's Kip, and he's requesting aid with damaging something. Yeah, no, that, that sounds right. That sounds right. Okay. That tracks. <laughs> I'm going to blame him for the moon crashing into the planet, because that also sounds like a Kip oh, thing. That, that really sounds like a thing that he would do. <laughs> uh, but instead, he's like, oh, that Kip. Why, I better go try and save him. Oh, Kip Duran, I hope he's okay. He's so dashing and great. Mm -hmm. Th thanks, Han. So he contacts the pilot of some other shuttle, and he's like, hey, so here's what's going on. Watch out for giant bugs. There's a ship over there. I'm going to go get it. You guys form up and wait for me. And uh, they're like, is that is that the legendary Kip Duran in that <laughs> And he's like, yeah, he's a friend of mine, I think, so I'm going to go get him. And he has to then click on the intercom and be like, Anakin, I could use a co-pilot up here. Mm -hmm. And Anakin is just like barely gets through the door is like uh hi hello so we gotta you gotta go up to the gunnery station and watch for giant bugs what giant bugs what yeah you would have known if if you hadn't run off like a little bitch <laughs> it's it, effectively the the message he wants you would have seen him if you'd been up here is the actual line yeah and he's like oh you're still blaming me for how you emotionally abused me out of the room okay right we're still in we're still at this phase i got it yeah good okay Good, because you had to be a child, a literal child. I guess we didn't have a co-pilot for a couple hours. Yeah. Oh, thanks. Great. Yeah, sure. I am a literal child. Thank you for noticing that, that I did. Maybe you shouldn't, you know, drag me on every single mission since I was one. Yeah. Uh, we jump back to Luke. Luke is fighting... He's, he's fighting coral skippers. It's not very interesting. He's fighting coral skippers, and wouldn't you know it, he's so good at flying his X-Wing that, that uh, R2 can't even figure out what he's doing, and he's like, I can't fly predictably. They'll definitely kill me. 
Yeah, so he's just doing random patterns and, like, flies so good that a couple of the coral skippers crash into each other. Mm -hmm. And he's just being a big damn Jedi pilot hero. Which, at this point, the Jedi thing is, is not working super in his favor because he can't get a read on anything happening. The coral skippers have no force presence. I mean... He can still sense danger, which is weird. Mm -hmm. He's well, it's like his spidey sense. Yeah, his spidey he gets sense is like lava the force ball. tingle that, like, yeah, ooh, something's to my right side. I better yeah. bank to the left or whatever. He gets Luke tingles, and uh, he and, gets them Luke tingles. And he knows to dodge. Also, there's a point right around here where he spots that the planet has a bulge sticking out of one end of it. Oh, it's ooh, woo, what's this bulge? Hey, uh, <laughs> hey, hon, can you? I, I gotta let you know. I found a a, a lump on these leathery balls. <laughs> Oh, God, we'll see the doctor. Okay, it's probably nothing. Uh, we'll get through this. Uh, we jump back. Yeah. And it's Kip. Kip's just on board now. Kip's on board now, and Kip... <laughs> I I don't think I've ever hated Kip as much as... When he comes out, he's like, L4 is dead. Mm. My, my astromech droid. Also, uh, 26 other people that were in my employ counting the other astromech droids, but it's hard to care about that part. Oh, yeah. You know, his fucking Padawan he was training and a dozen other trained great pilots, all dead. Good friends. Brothers in arms. But the first thing is, aw, I lost L4. We lost an astromech unit. Now, I understand that, that astromech units are important to people, and that Luke, for example, is, is head over heels for R2 and would be distraught if that happened. But the fact that the dozen plus two Avengers that are all dead get no mention at all. But uh, they do have to deal with some incoming bugs. Mm -hmm. And we get a whole bunch of thing where now Anakin's a super badass on guns, because that's sort of his, his deal. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's a badass fightsman. Yeah. So he blows up a bunch of bugs, but some still manage to get onto the hull, and he just, like, end of Little Shop of Horrors them. Oh, he, do he does the move that you see in all these movies all the time, or, or in movies like this all the time, where he runs an electrical current through the hull. He's like, they're on the hull, and he just takes a wire and goes, Bzzzt. Yeah, he runs down to the engine room, gets a big wire hose. I could have sworn that there's a previous book we've read that indicates that the Falcon has that shit built in. That you, do, you don't have to go jury rig it in the engine room? I don't know. Because it's Minoc removal. But also, there's... I mean, not in canon, but in the game, you can get that as well. Yeah, yeah. Just you to, can get a little ion blast around you if yeah. you're at zero range. If anyone plays the game and understands what I'm talking and I about. And I am like 100% sure that we have encountered this in one of the books that we have previously read. To indicate that the Falcon can electrify its hull to deal with the threat that lands on it. And it happens in the movies, in uh, the prequels, during uh, the, the, the attack at the beginning of uh, Revenge of the Sith, when they're flying in to rescue Duke, uh, uh, Palp Palpatine from that, that ship. A bunch of little buzz droids land on the ship, uh, on Obi-Wan's ship, and start eating it, and he presses a button, and they get zapped off it. Eh, well. So it's Star Wars canon that you don't have to go jury rig a thing, but, you know, whatever. Eh. That movie hadn't come out yet, so, you know, forgiven. Oh, uh, we jump back to Luke. He's Luke, still just doing what he does. Luke's just, he's just fucking flying. He's, he's flying and he's fighting. He's blowing shit up, and right when he thinks, man, I think I might be getting to my limit of being an untouchable badass, the Jade Saber shows up and blows up some things. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it comes flying in, and she's a real good pilot flying 
what I have to assume at this point is some kind of cargo ship, and basically does a maneuver where she's like, hey, the back's open, just fly into it, and I will take us out. Yeah. So he flies in, turns off all of his equipment, and just kind of donks onto the hull of the ship, and he's like, yeah, punch it. <laughs> punch it. And indeed they do. Yeah. So they fuck off to Dubrillion to go be like, hey, Lando, uh... Some dudes might be coming. Mm-hmm. You maybe get some forces ready. I'm trying to figure out what kind of ship she has that would be big enough to land an airplane, uh, another fighter in, and that can be flown by one person. And I'm kind of settling on it might be a YV six six six. Except that they've described it as being oh feminine and sleek and shit instead of that, which looks like a you know kind of like a flying shoebox. Yeah, <laughs> but that's the right size. No man, this is something sleek. Sleek and pretty Maybe and with an X-Wing. just slightly larger than an X-Wing, yeah. and it can hold an X-Wing. Just barely. And then the rest of it is just, that's why you only need one person, because yeah. the rest of it is just a piloting compartment. It's like one of them shield ships from one of Lando's old projects. Yeah, I can see that. Um, eh, anyway, we jump back. Kip is trying to tell them about the Starfighter things. Yes. The, the coral skippers that mm-hmm. he encountered and what was going on with the bugs. Yeah. So he's like, there's some shit going on at the Helska system. Uh, they are planning to run back to Lando to warn him and get set up, but unfortunately, only a few of the ships can fly through hyperdrive space right now. Yeah, some are damaged, some were just shitty old ships because they were just on CERN Padal and weren't really expecting to need to jump to hyperspace. Yeah, they were just going to have to putter around Southern California, and <laughs> that's, but, uh... <laughs> But yeah, so what happens instead is uh, Han goes flying around the, the fleet like, hey guys, I'm going to help you guys figure out who can tow who so we'll all be able to go out there. And then, oh no, there's blips on the radar. So many blippos. Blippos and bloopies. And they managed to figure out that, well, at the speed those things are going, we'll be able to barely get to Lando's before they catch up with us. Yeah. Uh, so good for them. They'll just barely make it. All of them will be able to get out there because of towing. Uh, I, the blips are important, I assume, because otherwise, where did all those bugs come from? Someone I mean, had to shoot the bugs. I, from what I can gather, I feel like the coral skippers need to be near the actual ship to function. Is uh, yeah, what I yeah. felt. They they get towed behind the big ship, and their their power comes from it or something. I don't know. I don't know if the Coral Skippers can even hyperspace. Do you even hyperspace, bro? I don't even... Do they even... Hi- I know they can go into hyperspace. I know the bugs can. Yeah, the bugs can travel in hyperspace and live. I don't think they can enter hyperspace of their own volition. I think they had to get hooked onto the ship and then just ride along with phonics. it. And uh, phonics. Yeah, they were hooked on phonics. And uh, it worked for me. Yeah. Uh, so they're... But uh, if they, were, they, they just don't die if they're in hyperspace, I think was the thing. They were just already hooked onto that X-Wing. I don't know. Um... I don't even know if the Vong go into hyperspace or if they just go the same speed as hyperspace. Because <laughs> it's all dove in basal gravity well crap, so I don't know if it counts as I warp. I mean, maybe they're like, oh, we bend gravity and space around us such that we begin to wormhole anyway. Yeah, it's it's effectively hyperdrive. Yeah. So, But they're coming, and they're coming soon, and we already know what their plan is, which is to follow these refugees to wherever and then blow the fuck out of that. They're like, yeah, we're going to go follow wherever the refugees go, Blow them up, blow the planet that they go to up, yeah. And that's our our big plan. Yes, and that's where we end. Yeah, is yeah. with our heroes uh, minus Chewbacca, minus Chewbacca, and 
only separated the party for a little bit because now they're both coming back to Lando's again. Yeah. So, I mean, good job, Book, on not, uh, yeah, not, not being doing the thing forever. where you're like, and now for the rest of the book, they'll do their separate things, or we started the book with everyone going their separate ways, and then only at the very end getting them together. They were together to start. Mm-hmm. They split up for just like four chapters-ish, and then they're coming back together. Good job, Salvatore. You did it. Yeah. And then, meanwhile, we haven't seen Leia and Jaina in three chapters, or, or uh, Jason and Jaina in like three cha- uh, episodes now, but I can give you an exact preview of what's happening with them right now if you want, John. Oh, good. Yeah. Uh, right at, at a certain moment, Leia, who's just hanging around in Lando's building, getting hit on by, by Lando, goes, I just felt a great disturbance in the Force, as if a single voice cried out, and now I'm allowed to put out white leather couches like I've always wanted. <laughs> <laughs> like thousands of voices harning at once and then silenced. <laughs> uh, she's now never... I'm going to be able to get that cat. <laughs> That's what it is. She wants to let the Nogri move into the house, but they've always just been getting in fights with Chewbacca. <laughs> yeah. Uh, wow. Oh, I've had to keep my Nogris in the garage, but now they can live at the foot of our bed, hon. Isn't this great? Uh, uh, they're Nogri. They don't know what we're doing. <laughs> They call me a crazy old Nogri lady, but, you know, I love them. <laughs> uh, well, there you go. That's uh, that's chapter 17 and 18. Lots of stuff going on. Yeah, we got uh, death of a major character. We got first time ever. Yeah. And it was, I read this, uh, if you want just a little sampling of the kind of behind the scenes shit you can get on our bonus content. Mm hmm. Originally, the plan was for Han to die there. Oh, interesting. And George Lucas straight up was like, no, you're not allowed to do that. Only I may kill Han. Or actually, anyone can kill Han after I sell to Disney. Well, technically, it was no one can kill Han as long as I'm around. Yeah. Because the big three uh, just aren't allowed to die. Yeah. I like the idea that Lucas kind of just rolled up in there. I was like, no, you have to kill the Wookiee. He's like, no, I never not allowed li- to do it. I never liked the Wookiee anyway. That's why I didn't give him a medal. Yeah, he doesn't deserve a medal. He's just some dog. Anyway, goodbye. <laughs> I don't understand why he got so incredibly popular. I never meant for him to be. Yeah. Anyway, I'm gonna go back to my ranch. Originally, did you the the, uh, the character Chewbacca was a big fish guy that Han was implied to be fucking. <laughs> he met him in a sewer. And fucked his brains out. <laughs> then he turned into a jet and bombed the Russians. <laughs> like a boss. That's interesting to hear that they were going to try and kill off Han to get this going. Oh, yeah. Because now that that's, what hap- that's what's canonically happened, we've killed off Han to a- and left Chewbacca behind to grieve him. Yeah. They were going to do that, but uh, no. Yeah. That's fascinating. I had not heard that. I. I, I had read about the the aftermath of the death of Chewbacca, that there were, like, newspaper articles and people writing in complaints and stuff. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, so, yeah. If you want more cool, expanded universe lore like that, stuff you wouldn't even find in the books, you can join us at patreon.com slash systemmastery. Pledging at the $2 or higher level unlocks our bonus content for Star Wars. Yeah, it'll cost you about four bucks a month, and it generates about four episodes a month. It's a good deal. Yeah. And you also get the bonus content for our System Mastery oh, shows. Point. For about four bucks a month, you get six episodes. 
And uh, yeah, we dive into the Wikipedia and find cool little nuggets. Yeah. Just little little corn nuggets. We find big leathery balls. And we bring them to you. And we show them off. Mm-hmm. We show off these big leathery balls so you can get just close-up detail on what's going on. I feel like there was another sex line in this uh, uh, set of chapters that we th- we both noticed and laughed about and forgot by now. I don't know. The oh, only well, one that comes to mind is that he couldn't get the thought of the big leathery balls out of his head. Also, the line of he could, he could tell this was his son's doing because doing and doing sound, which is not a word, but yeah, that, doing that was fun to me. Is, uh, that, I laughed at that. It was a mispronunciation of doing, you see, that Jeff does. That I do. Every, every time I see the word, I first go, what, what's, <laughs> a, what's a doing? And then I'm like, oh, right, doing. Oh, okay. right. That's right. English. All right. Yeah, English is the language I speak. Uh, anyway, thank you guys so much for joining us for uh, this getting close to the end of Vector Prime here. Yeah, we're nearly done with this one. Yeah. Who knows what will be next? I do. Who knows where this will lead? Well, anyway, thank you so much. Until next time, I've been Elan Sleesbagiano. And my death sticks got killed by a moon horn. In the arms of